0: one too. Can we put our hands together and give the Lord cheer? Come on, how many believe that He saved me? He delivered me? Come on, can we just lift our hands to heaven and say, God, thank you for your blood. Thank you for your name. Thank you for the cross. Amen. Hallelujah this morning. You may be seated. Amen. How many are just so in love with Jesus? Anybody? You just really love the Lord and man, He's everything. There's an old song we used to sing. He's everything. He's everything. He's everything to me. You remember that? Amen. If you don't, I'm not going to sing it for you. Amen. All right. Good to see everybody. And those joining us online, we're so happy you're here today. And uh, really, just God bless you wherever you're at, whatever you're going through. And uh, we believe that Jesus is the answer. Amen. We believe that Jesus is the cure. Amen. We believe Jesus is always the cure. Amen. And uh, we're so thankful for that. We wanted to just say a big, big congratulations, first of all, to um, uh, Zach and Natalie Cogley. They were married yesterday. So congratulations to their family and them. <clears throat> it was uh, a beautiful wedding. Uh, rain held off. It was just beautiful. and. Just so happy for them, and then in two weeks we've got two weddings on the same day, and then in June, at the end of June, we have another wedding, and the end of July we have another wedding, and so yeah, it's it's really really good good year, isn't it? Amen. And so yeah, so we're excited and happy for them, and and uh, I I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like I'd rather just be in the you know and just enjoying the wedding and in the seats there, but uh, we're excited, and uh, we're just so thankful that the Lord is just growing. Amen. The Lord is growing our church and family. And so we're really, really excited about that. Um, and uh, yeah, so we, uh, we're we excited about also the end of this month. We do have a picnic. And so we want to just, uh, I wanted to repeat that. We do have a picnic at the end of this month. And it's a time for our church, kind of kick off our fellowship um, days there at the church in the summer as a church. And we just love to get together and fellowship. And uh, we used to do, um, I don't know, since I was a little, I guess I remember us doing Memorial Day picnics or picnics after church and, and uh, so we just love fellowship and how many love food? And the company's not bad, right? So, right, And that's how we feel as a church and so, uh, but it's so good that you're here today because I believe today is a very special day, very significant day. I've asked the directors and uh, the director of the children's ministry to leave the children up today and just so that we could all be together and uh, just spend today together and I feel like it's a very significant day, very special day and uh, just had an announcement today, but I wanted to share something first, if you'll turn in your Bibles with me, to Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17, we're going to read a couple scriptures, share a thought. Amen. How many love God's Word, love, love the Bible, love God's Word? We, one of our core values here at our church, and so we really love God's Word. And it really speaks to us today, doesn't it? It's very relevant. In Genesis chapter 17, starting verse 1. So if you uh, have your Bible, you can turn there, your device can click there. Chapter 17, verse 1. This is about Abraham. How many have ever heard about Abraham, right? The Bible says in verse 1 that when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty, walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and and said to the Lord, and God said to him, uh, as for me, this is my covenant with you, you will be a great father to many nations. No longer will you be called Abram, your name will be called Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. If you Turn over to Genesis chapter 22, as he began this journey and following the Lord and God directing uh, Abraham and, and where he should go, we find that God began to kind of look and And at his life and began to test his loyalty at one point and asked him to sacrifice his son. Some of you know the story. He went up to the mountain and uh, as he laid his son on the altar and getting ready to, to sacrifice his son, the Bible says the angel of the Lord stopped him and said, you don't need to do that. And so in verse 13 of chapter 22, Abraham looked up and there in the thicket, he saw a ram. Caught him by its horns. And he went over and he took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Verse 14 So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide, or Jehovah Jireh. To this day, it said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Amen. Jehovah Jireh. Amen. The Bible says. You know, I believe that as we look at this story and talk about some things today, that your name is connected to your destiny. Your name is connected to your destiny. God calls you to a purpose. God calls you to a place. God calls you to people. And, and, and Abraham's time that God was calling him out of obscurity. He was 70 years old when God called him and he was called out of obscurity. The Bible says that he brought him out of a a place that really wasn't heard of and he made three promises to him. And the Bible says that he changed his name and then he connected him to the right woman and he changed her name. In fact, the Bible records that uh, the the Lord said that Abraham's name was High Father before God changed it. It was High Father. And then when God changed his name to Abraham, it was Father of a multitude. And then Sarah Sarah's name or Sarai's name. Said it was my princess, but after the Lord changed her name, it was Mother of Nations. So God took him on this journey and began to test him. And as we read, that he went up to the mountain and tested him his loyalty with his son, and that he would trust the Lord no matter what. And and then God led him on his journey to his destiny. And and uh, really, it's really neat to look and see that everyone that after Abraham was named for a significant purpose, and that always connected them back to the promise that God made. With Abraham. Abraham was the one that God would choose his lineage to bring Jesus, the Messiah, through, and uh, he was called the father of many nations. And so we see that really his name connected him to his destiny. How many believe in the power of a name? Amen. So God really said, you know, your name is about your destiny. And so one of the things we see in the, in the Bible teaches us is that a name really that is given is given to establish a new identity. It really kind of describes a mission, your goal, your, your purpose, where you're going. And then it really helps to really, it really changes your, your direction, but it also changes uh, your timeline. There's a marker in your storyline. There's a change in the timeline of history or your life or your family. And the Bible says that's what is important about a new name. So we know that when God Uh, brought Abraham to this place and he said it's significant for your name change. He said it wasn't just about a name change. He said it has everything to do with his destiny because his name change had to do with his destiny. And so how many believe that this was probably the most important uh, uh, really story of Abraham's life was his name change. The father of many nations. Why? Because now even today people look back and they don't call him Abram, high father. They call him Abraham, father of many nations. And that's why it was important because the Lord saw something that he didn't see. The Lord saw the future. The Lord saw, amen, where he came from. But the Lord saw where he was going and where he wanted to take him. And so as I began to think about this and began to study and I began to understand that there was this, uh, the power of a name change in the Bible is so important. It really speaks of identity. It really talks about who you are and where you came from, what you do. Some of you have been named after your family. Most of you have your family's name. Your last name is your family name, and uh, and so some of you've been named after your father, your grandfather, your aunt, uh, or uh, someone in your family that was uh, wanted to be remembered, or remembered, or honored. And uh, some of you are, you know, uh, Henry the Eighth. I don't know. Just you know, you you carry that name on, and so they, you know, it represents your identity, doesn't it? It represents your family and where you came from, and who you're connected to um, after you're married like yesterday uh, many times a, a woman will take on uh, the husband's last name not just uh, symbolizing the connection to his family but also the next chapter in their life together and so um, we, we understand the importance of a name change a lot of people have in the bible especially referred to their names as like geographical locations how many have ever heard that? Remember Simon of Cyrene or Paul of Tarsus, Jesus of Nazareth. And it was how you describe somebody. How, well, who's Jesus? Who, who's that? Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, that Jesus. And so you were able to really pinpoint where they came from when, and where they were going, what they were all about and what their family was about. And a lot of times it talked about uh, places of significance. This, uh, this uh, in the Bible talks about this place of change. Um, how many know that uh, Jacob, you know, this was Abraham's grandson who also had his name changed. Uh, he actually went to a place, saw a vision of angels and uh, that ladder from heaven and angels ascending, descending. And the Bible says the p- name of this place from now on is going to be called Bethel, the house of God. How many know it's important, right? Well, guess where Jesus was crucified on a place called Galgotha or Calvary, meaning the place of the skull. How many know that's significant? But it also means a place of change. How many know we were changed at Calvary? Amen. We were changed. Something happened to Jacob after he went to Bethel. After Jesus went to the cross, something happened. And so we know that there's this place of significance. There's that place of change. And we know about that. And also, when you talk about a name change, and I love this part, it talks about the occupation. Not only where, uh, I guess it's still this way in a lot of countries, especially England, where you come from kind of almost represents, you know, what what is known in that area, right? So uh, if you were, you know, from cheddar, (laughs) right, England, you would probably be best known for cheese, Right. So you were known for that. And so the north, you were known for potatoes and some of the other. And so it also had to do with the occupation of what, you're, what you did and, and, and how that you uh, conducted yourself and your your mission, your purpose, your goal in life, and talked about that. And so it describes what you do. And so a lot of times your name, like Abraham, really wasn't just who he was, but what he was going to do and, and what he needed to do. And so in biblical times, we see that they're really that intentional naming of their children or places so that it was very... It was named their character and it talked about that situation many people look back and said well that was the place where the great flood was or that was the place where the sea divided or that was the place where Jesus uh you know ascended or descended or ascended into heaven that was that place and they looked at that place and they said man that's that was so significant but how many know that as believers in Jesus Christ we have a new name Anybody? We have a new name. And so uh, I love this idea about this, especially when it comes to who we are. And the Bible says that when we're born again, we have a new birth. There's a new creation we become, right? The Bible says we have a new heart, we have a new spirit. There's a, the, it even records in the, in the songs that we have a new song to sing. How many know you've been given a new song? Amen. It's not like the old song you used to sing. But it's a new song, amen. It's a song of redemption. It's a song of salvation, amen. Come on, the Bible says that when John was in heaven, he heard two songs. He heard the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. How many know that there's a song of, of what God did, but also what he wants to do, amen? And so he, he, we see this, and the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 56 that God said, I will give them an everlasting name, and they will never be cut off. From the very beginning, God had in mind that we come under a new name. How many believe that we come under the name of Jesus? The Bible says that that name is where the whole family under heaven is named. Amen. Is the name of Jesus. So I don't know what your first name is, but we can call your last name Jesus. Because <laughs> that's, that's your family name. You've got a new name. That's your family occupation. And I love this about the... the, the the name of Jesus. and In Acts chapter 11, the Bible says that the disciples were first called Christians. Christ was in that name, right? Christ Jens. If you were from Pittsburgh, this is how you say Christians, Christ Jens. Amen. So this, this, they were called Christians for the very first time. Why? Because it just wasn't like, oh they were a bunch of crazy people that talked about Jesus. What was neat about it was it meant that they belonged to Jesus. They were Christians. They were Christ followers. They were ones that not just believed in Jesus, but they acted like Jesus. And they couldn't call them believers any longer. They couldn't even call them disciples any longer. And they couldn't call them people of Galilee any longer. Why? Because people from all over the world started believing in Jesus. So you had to have a term for it and a word for it and said, let's just call them people who belong to Jesus. Let's call them Christians. I love that. Listen to this. There's also that meaning, as we talked about, what it means to have a new name, this name in Jesus, was it also means a relationship to a business or profession. So when you said Christians, you didn't just say they belong to Jesus. You had to say that they are practicing the business of Jesus. They're in the occupation of Christ. Isn't that neat? Amen. So not only does it say where we came from, who we belong to, but it says what we do. And so I love that about a name change. So it establishes that identity. It defines a new mission and purpose and goal. It changes our timeline. And this is what it means to have this new name. And as we see it, Abraham and as what Jesus has done. And then what we have in this life, many times we understand that our name is connected to our identity. Amen. And so some of you are wondering what in the world these pulpits are doing on this stage, right? Let me explain that For a moment, no, to your right or my left, this is an old one. We got this from the third floor. We had to dust this one off. How many remember this one? Let me see your hand if you remember this pulpit, right? Okay. How remember? How many remember when it wasn't white? It was. It was uh, wood. I mean, it was wood, and it didn't have this. It had a sign that said "Jesus Saves." Are you saved? How many remember that one? Put your hand up. Okay, we're getting down to just a couple here. Amen. But I remember this pulpit, and it really kind of took me back, and kind of describes what's happening in our church today. And as I look at this pulpit, I remember that in 1969, we were called The Door. That's all we were called, right? And in 1974, we incorporated, became The Door Fellowship Church. And uh, somewhere around the time, we got this pulpit. I remember that. And I remember a microphone that came out. A big old microphone came out. And my sister and I used to, during the week, and our cousins, we used to pretend to have church. And I would preach, and, and I'd try to get them saved, and they didn't want to. But... My sister just told me today, she just told me this morning that she jumped off this and sprained her ankle, right? So that's what pastor's kids do during the week, right? So that's what we did, and I remember this pulpit, and I'll just never forget all the sermons that I heard my dad preach as a kid. And I'll never forget those Sundays, you know, back in the early 70s when I was just a kid and, and uh, preaching that. And many times we... Back in the day, we had pews before we had metal chairs and uh, sitting there and listening to the sermons. And then, you know, we came over to this place and we didn't meet up here. This wasn't really fixed up. We fixed up the downstairs the first three years we were here. and We painted it white because it matched everything else. We even put a piece of carpet that matched right there and had that piece of carpet there. And we painted it and, and, and uh, we had conventions and, and uh, saw many good things downstairs, had a lot of great meetings. And when we came up here, we kept this... Pulpit for the youth group, and as I began in 1994 as a youth pastor, we put our logo on it. This is our old logo. Michael's like, "What's that?" Well, that's what we used to. That was that was cool back in the day, and that was our old logo. And man, I learned to preach behind that pulpit. I learned, learned to really just do youth ministry and love on kids and see God move on teenagers' life. And as we kind of moved along, and and we moved upstairs, we had this. Well, we don't have it today. It's a plexiglass pulpit. I don't remember the plexiglass. Pulpit. In my notes, beside Plexiglass, I have RIP, rest in pieces. <laughs> so I couldn't bring it before you today because that's where it is. It's in the Plexiglass graveyard in Plexiglass Heaven. And, but you know, I think of that time and we stood. My father stood behind that pulpit and preached. And you know, during that time, we saw God open up global missions. We saw the door open up to all over the world for the gospel. And something was happening in our nation that we were able to go and send and, and, and just support missionaries in China once again and Eastern Europe again. And, and uh, God began to open the door to new ministries. I'll never forget behind that plexiglass pulpit, uh, uh, Brother Estrada from Peru stood behind that one. And then we had... Brother Balcom from China stand behind that. And and as a kid, we saw uh, Brother Detoy from South Africa stand behind that. And and come on, Brother, come on. We saw all these people from all over the world, and God was doing something amazing behind that pulpit. And as we moved on and time began to move on and during the time of the early 2000s, God began to move in, in a way and we began to see local ministries and missions open up and we began to fellowship more with local uh, and statewide ministries and we just saw God move and I'll never forget this, this pulpit that we bought, this old metal, this thing weighs 60 pounds, this is huge. And uh, we bought this and I I brought it up here when we came up here in the youth group and we had over 100 kids coming to youth ministry back then and God was opening up doors and kids getting filled with the Holy Spirit. It was amazing. And we just preached a lot of great messages behind this pulpit. And we saw God do something with our Young Ministers Conference. How many remember that? And God connected us to so many different ministries during that time that today we're best friends even today. And so I'll never never forget that uh, during that time We stood behind this pulpit of transition. I preached my first message as lead pastor behind that pulpit. Amen. And never forget a couple years ago, I was able to announce to the church for the first time, hey, we just bought the OC. I stood behind that pulpit and we announced that. But how many believe it's a new day? And I believe it's a new day. And I declare that today that it's a new day. That, that behind this pulpit, that there's going to be a new move of God and new sermons coming forth and people coming in and hearing the gospel for the first time. This is a new day. Amen. And we remember the things of old we appreciate and we honor and we memorialize those things. And we look back and say, God, everything that you said, you brought us to this point. And we know that everything you, that you have not spoken and, and fulfilled, you will fulfill. How many believe that? Amen. And we believe it's a new day in our church. And we really do, and I just wanted to make this announcement that about 10 years ago, I believe it was, as Pastor Wayne and Pastor Margaret remember this time, we actually had this conversation up in the mezzanine about a new name for our church. And we felt maybe it was time to start thinking about a new name for our church. And we thought, well, God, if, if we want to do that, if you want us to do that, we'll do it. And so we just kind of rode that out. And, and um, then after transition, I just knew in my heart that God had great things for our church. And I knew that we were going to buy properties and and someday maybe even build a new church and, 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 and do all these things. And I knew those things, but I knew one of the things that we would do was change our name. And then along about January, I just felt the Lord kind of prompt me again about it. And then it was time to have a name change. And I believe that that's significant because how many know our name change really connects us to our destiny? And we just really talked about it as elders and with the oversight. And, and uh, my parents were excited about it. And, uh, you know, they were the ones that kind of, you know, did the door fellowship and they said, hey, we we did our thing and now it's your time to do your thing. And so we're just excited about that. And we began to pray about it and talk about it. And uh, we said, well, we really kind of want a name that really is vision specific of who we are. What do we do when people look at us? They, they say uh, this is what they do. This is who they are. And uh, just like Abraham, where we're going. And we wanted people to really see that our name really represents our vision. And, uh, and to make it relevant today that, you know, in our community, in our area, that people recognize the name and say, wow, okay, I believe that this is a connection to the community. How many know God connects you to a place? He connects you to a community of people. And, and so we believe that our name really, uh, after today, is going to mark a new day and a new timeline in our church. And so I really uh, have great honor and great privilege to announce to you today that we are no longer the Door Fellowship, we are now River Valley Church. Amen. I wonder if you can stand on your feet and I want to welcome you to River Valley Church. Can we put our hands together and give God a cheer for what he's going to do? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You're amazing. You're good. This is a good day. Your day. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. It's a new day. It's a new name. Amen. So people are like, well, I go to to River Valley Church. Amen. So now we're River Valley Church. This is who we are, and it's official. So next week we're going to have kind of a better presentation about it. We're excited about it. And uh, now we're excited about being a part of River Valley Church. Amen. And if anybody wants this, we're selling it for $100. No, I'm just kidding. We're not doing that. Amen. But can we just pray and bless, amen, this day? Amen. Lord, we just thank you for this day. Thank you for this significant day. Thank you, Lord, that this is a day of a name change. This is a day of a new identity as a church body. This is a a day that we'll look back and say there's a shift in our timeline. There's a transition and change in our timeline. Lord, we think of Abraham who one day, Lord, you called him and everything that you did up to that point in his life was good. But you said, I I need to change your name that you can continue on to do what I've called you to do. And Lord, we thank you today that River Valley Church is going to be blessed. River Valley Church is going to be a church that touches this community, Lord, that that, that spreads the gospel of Jesus Christ. We commit ourselves afresh and anew to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you that doors will open again globally, Lord. We thank you that doors will open again, Lord, internationally and nationally, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are going to bring families in to be healed, saved, and delivered because the people at River Valley Church have one heart and one mind, and that is to do the will of God. We commit ourselves to you. We dedicate this day to you. And we ask it in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. Amen And amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. If you need prayer today, we want to pray with you. And we have a team coming. But uh, amen. Thanks for coming to River Valley Church today. God bless you.